Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Revelation 19 and 6. Somebody say, get ready. It's time to get ready. You know what? I hope you keep coming to church because we got to get ready. I'm getting ready right now today for things that won't happen today. I'm getting ready right now for, for the future, right now. I believe it's okay to be a planner. You know, Brother Gandhi, we were, some of us feel like we're not real spiritual when we use notes and we plan our service. But our God's a planner. Some of us think that we're, we're not really moved by God's Spirit whenever we have meetings. But our God's a planner. Our God is not spontaneous. He's a planner. He knows everything. How do you be spontaneous if you know everything? We're spontaneous because we don't know anything. But he knows everything. And I think we need to get a spirit about us that says, I'm getting ready, I'm planning. What, the reason why we're poor, we don't plan. The reason why your relationship doesn't work, you don't plan anything. You don't plan a date night. You just wait till you feel like it. You don't plan to keep your car maintained. You just wait till you feel like getting an oil change. Our God is a planner. He's a God of order and control. And I think, I think we need to be ready. And that means be prepared. Somebody say, get ready, faith. That's the kind of faith I want. Revelation 19 and 6, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. The host of heaven is celebrating and praising, not just because God is great, but because the bride hath made herself ready. You know why this is a part of the plan? You know why there is praise over the bride being ready? Because, you know, nothing would hurt the groom's heart more than the bride not being ready. You know, heaven's not nearly as exciting without a bride for a groom. It can't be a wedding without a bride. So the principle is, praise God, he's ready. But then praise God, the church is too. God is not the only one ready. The bride's got to make herself ready. I've got to make myself ready. That means I've got to get ready now. For what's going to happen later. Faith is not just for spontaneous moments. Faith is planning, preparing for what is on the way. I want to go to heaven. Anybody else? I want to make it. How do you know? Because I'm planning right now for maybe 60 years or I don't think I'll live to be 100. But for, for 30 years from now, 40 years from now, I'm planning right now. I'm getting ready. He's ready. Are you ready? Look at your neighbor and say, he's ready. Are you ready? You can be seated in Jesus' name. It's time to get ready. Brother George, are you ready? Ready to translate. Diego, come on up here, man. Brandon, you want to? No, I'll let you sit out there. You got married. Praise God. Brother Joe, come on up here. 
Jaden, come sit up here. I got to get an amen corner up here. Andrew, come up here. Got to get an amen corner. I got amen corner and I got Rita right here in the front. We're good. We're covered. We're covered. I got DC behind her. We're ready. And now we got Vernon up here. We got a, we got a good amen. We got a lot of amen corners around here. I like it. We're saved by faith. Y'all know that? So why do we have to get ready? If I'm saved by my faith, why do I have to get ready? Because faith gets ready. Faith gets ready. I have faith. I'm, she's going to say yes and marry me. So you're going to go get ready. I have faith she'll show up. I bought the cake. I bought the dress. I bought spent all the money. By faith. And she hadn't even got at the altar and said, I do. We hadn't signed anything yet. But I have faith, so I invest by faith. I give now and get later. I have to get ready for it. I can't get it all right now. I've got to spend my life investing in this thing, and I won't even get the reward till later. But, oh, what a great reward I shall get later if I prepare now. Is anybody ready to work for something you can't even get? I don't like serving God. I do all this work, and I don't even get get anything out of it. Not yet. You ain't married yet. You don't get everything until then. You've got to put the work in now. You've got to have some dark days, some tough days, some where is God moments. I wish he were closer. You've got to survive the getting ready season to have the reward season. Is anybody going to be ready? You've got to be ready. Hey, don't fall asleep right now. You're not there yet. Don't get weary and well-doing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going forward. You've got to invest the work before you get the paycheck. Hey, you don't get your prepay. You get paid at the end. We get so frustrated. Where's God? How come my life is like this? You're working. Faith without works is dead. You don't get paid till the job is complete. Oh, I wish we could get paid. You know why we don't pay up front? People will leave you. Andrew, you pay up front on a house contract, they'll leave you high and dry. Once they get the money, they have no incentive to stay. That's why you can't have heaven right now. That's why you can't have it all right now. If you had it all right now, you wouldn't want heaven. That's why some of y'all that aren't married need to stop being kissy with it until you're married. Because you're not supposed to have it right now. Y'all hear me, young people? You don't get the kissy right now. You know why? Because that will mess up your relationship. The kissy comes at the end after you've made your commitment. Then you get the kissy. But you can't get all that unless you'll be willing to step up and tie yourself to it forever. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want my people to get ready. But the problem is we're too spontaneous. Because it's fun and adventurous. No, it's selfish. The Lord spoke to me and said, spontaneousness is selfishness. Because you do what you feel. Instead of what you should. But a plan 
is a commitment you stick to regardless of how you feel. And there is way too many spontaneous Christians who do what they feel, not what they said they do. And this is not the nature of God. Our God is a planner from the beginning. From the beginning, the lamb was slain. From the foundation of the earth, Jesus was on a cross. In the plan of God, there was a way out of sin. Before there was a way into sin, our God does not just throw things together. Our God sees it and sticks to it and does the plan. That's why Jesus kept saying, the prophet said it, and I'm doing it. Because this has been a plan from day one. We're not spontaneous people. I'm going to praise God no matter what happens. I'm going to praise God if I feel like junk. I'm going to praise God no matter if I lost my job. I'm going to praise God rich or poor. It's not spontaneous worship. It's planned worship. I plan on being at church. I don't feel good, but I'm going to go anyway because I plan on it because God's been better to me than, than anybody else. I'm going to church. It's a plan. It's a commitment. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it no matter what, and I don't care if I get anything until heaven. I'm going to do it. What's wrong with this generation that's on social welfare? Is you're not used to having to wait for it. What's wrong with American culture is that we want it all right now on credit. We don't like working and then getting paid later. And it messes up our walk with God and it messes up our idea of heaven. Because the fact is you can't get any of that until later. Until you take your last breath. You will work until you feel like quitting. You'll run till the finish line is barely in sight, and you will barely get there, and you will fight your whole way through, and then you will say it was worth it. But until then, you just got to get ready. Until then, there is no reward. Until then, there is no amazing bliss. Until then, there is no paradise. It's just work. It's just faith and works. It's just get up every day and talk to God and fight and go and work for God. You might not get everything you want right now, but we've got to get ready. But, but I, I get it. I understand why you want to be spontaneous. Because you don't have to have plans for being spontaneous. We like to just do what we feel like doing. I'll show up where I might not show up. I don't know what I'll do. I'm going to do what I feel like doing because I'm selfish. I said I'd be there, but you know what? I don't want to be there now. So I'm going to change my plans and make up excuses for why I'm not going to be there. And COVID taught us that we can say we're sick and get out of anything. And this is how we say it now. I just don't feel good. So I'm not. Boy, the elders, they'd be rolled in their graves right now. The elders... Those who passed on say, oh, you don't, feel, you don't feel like World War II. Okay. You don't feel like storming the beach of Normandy. Oh. You don't feel like getting up and working in factories. You don't feel like it. Yo, we work in air-conditioned computers and people in Austin make 120 grand a year sitting at home. I'm not saying their job is easy. I'm just saying it ain't like getting your hair caught up in a machine and getting your head run through a, through a machine and dying somewhere in some factory in 110-degree heat. Y'all, we have it so good. But we like to be spontaneous. We like to do what we, we want to do. Can you, Jaden, will you bring me this, this, uh, this water this, and the table right here? I'm just spontaneously getting thirsty. I just, I'll do what I want to do. You know what? 
Yeah, I just put it up here. Hey, don't break it, bro. What you doing, man? You're trying to pay for college. You can't afford a table. All right. I just sometimes get spontaneous. And uh, so my in-laws, I wish I had some tea right now, but I only have water. But guess what? This is America. I got some tea. Welcome to America. They would, they would think I was a god if I did that in some tribe in the Amazons. They'd look at you like, what in the magic is this? I'm going to go draw that on my wall. That's right there called instant tea. Was that fast or what? I mean, you just got to have a water bottle, carry that thing in your pocket. My in-laws do it all the time. In fact, I stole that from them. I owe y'all like two pennies. It took me forever to dig through y'all's stuff to find that this morning. but <laughs> Yeah, I had faith that was in there. I knew it was in there. I ain't never seen you. We didn't have no packet of stuff. We'll go, to rest, we'll go to restaurants, and they'll bust it out. You know, they're like, would you like any drinks? You know, it'd be $5 for tea. And they're like, no, I'll take water. Like, <laughs> they come back five minutes later. It looks like this. I wonder how many times y'all got charged inadvertently for tea because they forgot they brought you water. Because they just, they throw some powder in it all of a sudden, it's boom, it's tea. Isn't that amazing? Now, normally you'd have to brew it, you have to wait, put all these bags away. My wife put all these bags in a microwave and water and you heat it up and pour it, let it do all the thing. It takes a while to make tea, but not, not now. You can just make instant tea, instant. Somebody say instant. Isn't that nice? Instant. It's a marketing pitch, and it's simple. Why wait until you're in the need of a product before you prepare the product? Just stock up on it right now, carry it in your pocket, and you can have instant what you want when you want to have it. That's the selling. That's why they bought them. That's why that company's rich, because people like that, they want to instant right now, and so do we. Maybe not tea, maybe it's not your thing, but we like instant. We like stuff ready right now. But if you think about it, instant really is only instant for us. The consumer. I'll, I'll prove it to you. The ingredients on this greater value, iced tea with peach. Somebody had to go gather these ingredients and put them together, all right? You ready? Somebody had to go find some citric acid, which means you had to find some citric. And then you had to figure out how to get the acid out of it. Then somebody had to go find some malodextrin. I don't know what plant has that. Some of you drug dealers in the past might know more about that than me. Talk to me after church. Got to find some decaffeinated black tea. Wherever that's at, you got to go grow it. How long does it take to grow it? I don't know. Somebody had to do that. Then you got to go find this thing called aspartame. They said it kills people, causes cancer. It's cool. We're praying for y'all. Less than 2%. They have great faith. <laughs> no, not me in Jesus' name. Less, less than 2% of acylophane potassium. I don't know why it said there's less than 2% unless it's bad for you. It's like the good news is there's a bad product. There's only 2% of it or less than. So I don't know why they said that, but it's in there. Somebody had to go find some natural and artificial flavors. Kind of leaves you hanging there. 
It's like, what is this thing right here? Oh, it's just some natural artificial. Just move on. Move on. Don't ask questions. Move on. So there's natural and artificial flavors. I don't know where they get them. They got to go find them. They got to go, got to go squeeze them out of a leaf somewhere and, and stick it somewhere. Uh, then you got to find some calcium silicate. Oh, y'all thought it was just simple, right? Oh, you got to find some calcium silicate. Some of y'all know about that. Okay. Then you got to find some red 40. Now that sounds shady. Red 40 be sounding shady. I ain't putting nothing in my body called Red 40, okay? I'll tell you that right now. You got to find some magnesium oxide. That sounds maybe a little healthier. And then you got to find some yellow 5. There was some kind of yellow something when I was growing up. He told me not to drink it. But it was like a rumor at school or something. They said to do stuff to you. But then you got to find a blue 1. I'm assuming this is maybe food coloring. I don't know. I hope to God it is and not some Bill Gates scheme to take over the world. <laughs> And then you got to get some, are you ready for this one? This, you Greek scholars, maybe Brother Hugh can translate this. <laughs> I don't know what animal produces this, but, or what tree or grass or dirt, but it's, it's, out of, it's out of a rock or somewhere, which contains, just for more clarifications and for, the, for the average person, right, I'm glad it clarified because I, that helps to know that second word. Yeah, absolutely. So then once you gather all that stuff, because that's easy, right, finding all that stuff, then all you got to do is just package it somewhere. I don't know, probably overseas somewhere, cheap labor. That's what America does. They're like, oh, we love everybody. We love God. And they just go to slave shops across the world, make it cheap, send it back here, get rich. Welcome to America. A little bit of, little bit of history for you on how people do it. And then you've got to put it in powder form, grind it all up, make it look pretty, get a cute little package, right? And then they've got to ship that to all over the nation. And then you've got to drive to H-E-B and wait in that long line. <laughs> and you've got to get it. And then you've got to remember to put it in your purse. And then you've got to remember to pack it when you go on trips. And then you've got to put it in your bag when you go out to the restaurant. And it, they call it instant. But technically there's nothing instant. It's just prepared. There's nothing great you will ever get in your walk with God that is instant. There is nothing in your walk with God that ever just happens without investment. Nothing great is easy. Nothing nice is simple. It takes work. It takes getting ready. It takes being prepared. You've got to be willing to use faith to work for it or you will never have it when you need it. It's only instant because we prepared for it. It's only easy because somebody worked for it. You, you may have walked up in church and got the Holy Ghost easy, but not after 30 years of grandma praying for you. Oh, that was so easy. It ain't easy. Somebody's paying the price. Somebody's working for it. Your salvation may seem easy and instant to you, but to Jesus, he had to die on a cross and get ready. It ain't easy. Being saved is not easy. Walking with God is not easy, but it's worth it. And it's joy unspeakable. It's full of glory. Yeah, it's worth it. Paul told Timothy, he said, you need to preach the word and be instant in season and out of season. Be instant in season and out of season. Now, we know about that kind of stuff in Texas. We know what it's like to be, be, be outside and it's, it's hot and all of a sudden, some cold front blows in, and you're looking for a jacket. 
we know what it's like for the weather to change quickly. But seasons tell you what you can predict. In the summer, you can pretty much know you won't need a jacket. But when seasons begin to shift and change, it becomes unpredictable. It could be hot when you wake up and cold at the end of the day. You just never know what's going to happen. That's why why what it's trying to say in the new modern version is, is carry you a jacket in the summer. Because you never know what's going to happen. Some people call us crazy. We pack jackets whenever it's warm outside, but we're just being prepared. Because if I need it, I've got it. I'd rather have it just in case I need it. I'd rather plan and prepare because I don't know things can be unpredictable. In other words, be instant or be prepared at all times, no matter what the weather says, no matter what it feels like outside, be prepared, no matter what the weatherman says, no matter when you walk outside on the porch and it's like today's going to be a hot day or a dry day or a wet day, you never know. Get the umbrella packed because you don't know. You don't know, so get ready. It takes a lot of humility to prepare because only pride does not plan. It takes a lot of humility to wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm going to get ready for anything. That's why we pray. We pray because we don't know. You don't wake up and say, I feel spiritual, so I won't. Wake up and say, I will be under attack. I will go into a world that's trying to destroy me. I have people looking up to me I'm responsible for. I know what's happening in the future because we're a prophetic people. Why are we so caught off guard as a prophetic people? Majority of the gifts of the Spirit are revelatory, and yet we're always shocked. I I didn't know. Y'all, when people get in trouble, they always have a reason, and the reason is it just caught me off guard. I saved up some money, just, what, $5, 10 People get in trouble, and they always say, you know, I just, I just wasn't prepared for that. I didn't think that would happen. I didn't think that my tire would blow. I didn't think my engine would blow up. I didn't think I would need that. Please, someone bail me out. I wasn't prepared. Just say it. I didn't prepare. What we need to do whenever we're going through life's troubles is we need to catch the reason why we're in the mess we're in and say, I didn't prepare. Stop trying to blame everybody else for not bailing you out when the fact is you didn't prepare. You didn't tie it down in the back of your truck. It flew out. It caused a wreck. And now you're paying somebody's medical bills. Stop blaming everybody else. You did not prepare. You wanted it easy. You wanted the reward without the work. And that's not the will of God. As Christians, it's spiritual to plan. I'm going to get up and just walk in the Spirit. The Spirit can tell you what to do next week. Why Why do we tell God He can't tell us what to do next year? What's the point of prophecy and dreams and visions if we're going to always walk around doing what we feel and not letting God give us a word that will, that will define the rest of our lives? God wants to give us a word that we can build on and plan on so we can get ready for it. It's not instant. It's prepared. If you're a believer in Jesus, you are a believer in his warnings, and he's telling you to be careful. And he's telling you to be prepared. And he's telling you, get ready right now. For no man knows the day or the hour when the Lord shall return. And the reason why he's not going to tell you is because he wants to see if you're legitimate. Oh, because any bride makes herself ready right before 
but she'll be cheating on you. Until all of a sudden you get the phone call and he's showing up at the door. And now all of a sudden you've got a burden for God. But to see that you're real, you've got to not know when he's coming back. And you've got to prepare by faith for a date you don't know when it's coming. To prove you're legitimate. This whole idea that I'll get ready later is a lie. You are not ready now when you talk like you'll get ready later. When you say, I'm putting this off, it is a sign you're not going to make it. You're not going to heaven. When you have an attitude that says, I don't want it right now, then right now you won't get it. You know, the only way to know you're truly going to make it is when you're getting ready now for that day. When you take it so seriously. Where do we find the instant? How do we do this? Luke 21, 34 through 36. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with, with surfeiting and drunkenness. I think this is the King James Version. Drunkenness and cares of his life. And so that day, and so that day come. This Greek word here, ephistomy, is the same as the word that we've used for instant earlier. And it, upon your unawares. So this word is that day is going to sneak up on you. It's going to come instantly out of nowhere. Verse 35. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore. Pay attention. Get on the edge of your seat and watch closely. Because it's going to sneak up on you. And pray always. Why do you pray always? Because it's on the way. Because there's always something on the way. Pray always and watch always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. You can't escape because you weren't ready. You assumed that it wouldn't happen to you. And sure enough, it will when you assume that it won't. So watch and pray that these things shall come to pass. You shall escape them. And to stand before the Son of Man. Now I'm going to read it to you in a, in a more modern translation. I believe the New Living Translation. When it says, verse 34, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. The reason why we don't drink and we don't, we don't get nonchalant and casual and just play all the rest of our lives is because we have to be on edge. Some of y'all think being serious is a, is, a, is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. When it comes to your eternity, it's serious. And that's why it's okay for somebody to get a little look on their face like, stop that. Some of y'all get so get triggered by that. You know why? Because you don't take things seriously. I've always thought it was crazy, Jaden, how coaches could cuss out the kids on, on the high school football team to get them motivated. But in church, I'm quitting. That's because you don't want to win. Hey, this is a winning church. This is a winning church. This is a church that's going up and not down. If you don't want to win, you don't want to be in the church. If this is casual to you, if this is a game to you, then you're going to be offended all the time by the pro people who are wanting to win. Don't be playing games of salvation. This is serious. There's too many people out there like Vernon who need a help from God, and this is not a game, and we've got to get serious. We've got to make sure that we're serious about God. There's a spirit today trying to shut us up. There's a spirit today trying to tell us don't get real, don't get serious. This ain't the church for you if that's how it's going to be for you. I'm telling you right now, I'm not playing games with your soul. I'm not playing games with your salvation. If you want to be saved, you'll love my preaching. 
If you don't, you'll get mad at me, and it's not my fault because you're not serious like I am. You're offended all the time because you don't really want to make it, and you don't care if your kids make it. Tell me you love your kids. If you love your kids, you'll tell the youth pastor and me and everybody to do whatever it takes to help them go to heaven. If you truly love your kids, you'll say whatever it takes. Do what's right, not what's easy. Get them ready. Get them ready. It's time to be ready and get serious. I saw a video of Elon Musk the other day, and they asked him, they said, if you keep tweeting things out that people don't like, are you worried that people will will turn off their money flow to you? And he paused for like 30 seconds. It was the weirdest, most awkward moment, and he's just thinking, what am I going to say because this is a tough decision. You could see his mind. There's a bridge. I'm about to go this way or that way. This is a major interview. And after about 30 seconds, he said, in so many words, I don't care what they do to me. I don't care if I lose my businesses and my money. I will say what I want to say. Oh, he's only worth, what, $400 And yet we got people right here that you wouldn't even give up $5, $10, or $15 for Jesus Christ. You know, that was convicting. He said, I am willing to lose the empire I have built as the world's richest man to stand for what I believe is true. You know what I thought? I ain't letting Elon outdo me. From now on, I'm going to say what I want to say. Do what you want to do. Get mad. Quit. But the truth is the truth, and it's time for men to stand up and say it. I don't care what you try to cancel, what you try to threaten. My God owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and I am not worried about it. I refuse to be shut down and silenced in the last days. We need truth now more than ever, and I'm not letting cancel culture quiet me down. That made me want to go buy a Tesla. And that's the only reason. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be like that. And you know what? You shouldn't either. Enough of this being scared of people canceling you and your family and your friends. Let them cancel you. You'll get closer to God, I promise you. Let some of your, your worldly friends quit on you because you serve God. You'll have to make friends in the church for once. I don't have anybody left, but brothers and sisters, that's all you need, my friend. You need to get in church anyway. Go ahead and tell the world what you believe in. Tell them I'm getting ready. They're going to say you're crazy, Rita. They're going to say you ain't got nothing for it. Say not yet, but I will. I'm getting ready for it. It's going to happen one day. I'm going to receive my reward. Ain't nobody worth going to hell over. Nobody's worth it. Say the truth, speak the truth, stand on the truth. You know what? If we all said the same thing, people wouldn't be able to cry all the time about one person making them mad. You know what ought to happen in the church? You ought to be mad at about 75% of us because we ought to all agree. The problem is we don't agree, and that's why there's only one or two having to be the bad guy. Hey, it's your church too. Shouldn't be the pastor and a few leaders that are only ones saying stuff. 
Well, that's your job. No, it's your job to be a truth person. It's your job to stand up for Jesus Christ. You've got a spirit inside of you. It's time for you to rise up and say something and carry some weight. I really want our youth pastor to feel the liberty to minister to our young people. Boy, they, they need help. They need help. I won't go into details, but I, I got called, I think, at 1.30 in the morning, I think two or three times this week. And it's not all of them. They know who they are. But, but talk about sad. To send your kids and invest all the time and money, energy, to get, to get the principal, to get everybody calling you because there's trouble at the camp. And you're going to tell me to go easy? No, I ain't going easy. Majority of our kids these days are broken, busted, and they're going to have no parents. I am maybe the only hope they have. When I say I, I mean as the pastor, I've picked Diego. I picked him, and he's serving, and he's building a team. It starts with me. It's my burden and my vision for young people that's being carried out through this team. And I'm going to stand strong for these young people, even if their parents won't. If you young people want truth, come here. You might not get it at your house. Respect your parents. Love them. But the truth is here. If you want to have a blessed life, the truth is here. If you want God to anoint you and not have a broken home like you have right now, then stay in church. Get close to Diego and Becca because our youth need a revival. Look, if your family's doing good, then you don't need it. You don't need it. But if your family's broken, stop acting like you got it under control. Stop having that pride like I don't need no church or nobody tell me to. Yes, you do. Your family is broken. Look in the mirror and be humble about it and say, I, it's broken. I need help. It's broken. Everyone's broken. There's sin. There's problems. There's perversion. Somebody rescue us. Someone preach to us. I'm off my notes. I'm just walking in what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. It's about getting ready. That's the spirit I felt today. It's about getting ready no matter what it takes. Jesus' name. Let me hurry. There are no off days. There's no 15-minute breaks. We have to have faith, and we have to be consistent at all times in our walk with God. Vacation time is not recognized by Satan or by sin. You cannot take days off. You cannot put your guard down. You must watch and pray nonstop. Religion puts on Christ when the music is ministering and the pastor is preaching. Do good church at church, and that's it. We are so spiritual at church, around church people. Do you know why we're spiritual at church? Because we come in here and hang out with people of like faith. Because we sing and worship and we pray, and we let someone minister to us and we submit ourselves. It's amazing how good you feel when you do that every day. But this can only happen at church. That's not true. This can happen every single day of your life. You're a worshiper every day. You can pray every day. You can be like this every day. Every day you can have a walk with God. What's wrong with us is we're inconsistent. Someone's like, there's a lot of hypocrites in the church. I just think there's a lot of inconsistent people in the church. Well, they're up there on the platform dancing, and then on Monday they're acting crazy. That's because they didn't pray on Monday. I promise you that. They were praying on Sunday. They looked real spiritual on Sunday. You know why? Because they tried. Because they got up and made themselves ready. 
But what's wrong with us is our inconsistencies as well. We're not living daily in our walk with God. Boy, you know what creates a hard steel? They say that when things are hot and they get cold quickly. You know why you're so hard in your heart? Because you have such a hot service on Sunday. And you do nothing with it after. And you go straight out there and dip yourself in ice water. And all you're doing is you're hardening your heart to where I can't get through to you anymore. When the power of God begins to move, you've got to capitalize on it by tomorrow getting up and keeping yourself in the flow of God. Get up in the morning and say, I want more of that today, Jesus. I want to make sure I'm consistent. I want to make sure I'm still doing it right. I want to make sure I get up in the morning and I'm praying and I get up in the morning and I get my mind right and I make myself ready. I don't have to have a reward. I just want to be ready. I want to put the work in. I want to do everything I have to do. I want to be ready. Anybody can be in church and be spiritual, but that's not where marriages fail. And that's not where kids are on social media all hours of the night looking at God knows what. It's not a church where we lose our children. It's not a church where we lose our marriages. It's outside of church where we need the most of God. It's outside of church. We need to be this more than any other time. It's outside of church. don't want the government to shut our buildings down, but to be honest with you, might be one of the best things that ever happened to us, because we'd have to pray at home, Rita. We'd have to turn our houses into churches. We'd have to think of our home as the house of God. We'd have to treat the house as the place God dwells and lives in, but I got news for you. It already is. More so than this building, your house is anointed and holy. Pastor, what do we do? We walk in the Spirit daily, minute by minute. Paul said that we keep the desires of our flesh denied. He said, I die daily. Don't even, give, don't even give your flesh a chance to resurrect. In the morning, your flesh is like, hey, can I talk? In the morning, your flesh, you get out of bed, and it's like, just give me a call. Be nice. You shut up right now. I'm praying. You hear me? Spirit runs me, not you. Shut up. But I have to have this. No, you don't. Shut up. Learn the voice of your flesh and tell it no. No, no, no. I want this. You ain't getting it. I want that. You ain't getting it. Paul said, I die daily. Every day I wake up, I'm like, you ain't getting it today. You just go ahead and shut up right now. I'm telling you right now, flesh. I feel like Paul had a conversation with his body. He was like, you listen to me. No. Right now. You ain't getting it. It's amazing how when the flesh doesn't get anything, the spirit desires something. Something's going to fulfill you, either through the flesh or the spirit. So we have to die. Everybody say, die daily. Paul said, I thank God I talk in tongues more than you all. We need to have a move of the spirit daily. It wouldn't hurt you to pray until you speak in tongues every day. In fact, if you think about it like topping off the gas tank, You'll never have to be stranded. But some of y'all like running out of gas. 
Now, right, Lisa. It's fun stories after the fact, but not during. Well, maybe for you it was, it was fun. I think y'all had a good time on that particular story. But see, some people are so spontaneous, they're just like, we'll just wing it, we'll go for it. But man, when your walk with God's at stake, it's not worth it. When your eternity's at stake, quit playing games with your eternity, your walk with God. This is the most serious thing ever. I'm almost done. Why do we, why do, we do it daily? Why do we do it when life is good? Because we have no guarantee of the season change. It takes so much pride for us to assume that it's going to be okay tomorrow. It's so foolish to assume that. When the Bible says that wickedness shall get worse and worse. And yet, we don't act that way because we don't believe God. We should be praying more than ever. We should be full of the Holy Ghost. You know what the Holy Ghost does? The Bible calls the Holy Ghost a fire. You know why the Holy Ghost is so great every day? You you get the Holy Ghost forever. You get baptized once, right, Jesus' name, but you get the Holy Ghost forever. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost is a purifier. The Holy Ghost keeps you so hot that sin can't attach to you. And the reason why we have inconsistencies is because we're not consistently walking in the Spirit. Yo, we are amazing at youth camp. We are amazing at NAYC. We are amazing when everyone's around us praying and talking in tongues. We can serve God like that. But as soon as we stop being spirit-led, we begin to fail. So what's the key, church family? Every single day, all day, be in prayer. Keep your mind fixed on God. Let the Holy Ghost fire keep you clean. Nothing can attach to you when the fire of the Holy Ghost is burning. Nothing can enter into you and attach itself to you. The fire of God, it purifies you. It keeps you pure. It keeps the bride ready to see the groom. We've got to stay on fire for God. I believe there's a temperature in the Holy Ghost that hell can't stand. A fire, the fire was never meant to spark on Sunday and die out on Monday. And I believe something's wrong when we come to church to get a warm-up because we're always so cold during the week. Pastor, i got to hurry and get to church to get, hey, I don't get to do that. I have to get mine on Saturday night. Last night I walked through here and I prayed and I already had church last night right here on the platform. You know why? Because I can't come here and get filled up when I came to give. You don't come to church. The reason why the church is weak is because the saints come to get full. You should have been filled up already. You should live full all week long. How do we minister to other people and to guests if we don't walk in this every day? That's why you can't be friendly. That's why you can't pray for anybody or stay awake in church because you're struggling on your daily walk with God. I just have to hurry and get to church so I can get full. It's not the will of God. In the Old Testament, the priests could never let the fire go out. You know why? Because the fire was used to take care of the sins. And you never know when someone needs to get their sin dealt with. So you know what is unpredictable? When you'll sin. But you know what can be predictable? How hot your fire is. You might not know if you'll need it, 
but you might as well keep it just in case. Stay on fire for God because you know if you ever need that fire, it's ready at a moment's notice. If sin and temptation come in, the fire is ready. It's going to be all right. I'm going to make it to heaven. It's not an inconsistency in any other way except for an inconsistency to walk with God daily. And religious people like us, we, we can mess up because we think, well, I'm a member of the church and I wear these clothes and I, I, I don't need God. And yet I see so many people's families and lives broken. And, and there's no fire for God. And I, it, it, it just shatters my heart to see people not have a blessed life. As a pastor, you can't help but feel responsible in some ways. We had a man, a painter, fall from a high place in our house the other day. And it wasn't the builder's fault, but the builder felt horrible. He, he told him to take off some days. You could, you could tell when he talked to the builder that he felt like it was his fault. Even though he wasn't even, he, he was, it was a subcontractor. They were in charge. They were running the job. They had all the ways they, they had to be to be safe. But it's, it's just amazing how you feel when it's your house, whenever you're there, you feel responsible for it. And you know what breaks my heart? It breaks my heart to see people who could change, who could change, who could come to an altar and get right right now. Keep living like they're living. It breaks my heart. It frustrates me. I didn't get angry at the 1.30 in the morning, 2 o'clock phone calls. I got sad. I got sad because I've been preaching the truth for years to the families, and they ignore me. Am I, maybe I'm too nice. Maybe I need to be a little bit more red-faced. I don't know how to get it across. I don't know how to shake people. I want to do more. I told some of the day, I said, I, I, wish, I was telling Elmore, I said, I wish I could do more for people. Because it hurts to see people's lives crumble. It hurts. When our God is so good and he wants to rescue us so much. So the word today is very simple. If you've got faith, you need to use it every day to work and get ready. Because there's nothing instant. There's only prepared. God wants to make planners out of us. I'm tired of seeing people's monies not planned. I'm tired of seeing people's relationships not planned. Retirement not planned. What's your plan today? What's your plan when you leave church? What's your plan? Whatever we feel, that's the problem. Show me your plan. I'll show you victory or I'll show you defeat. What's the vision of your house as a father, as a mother? What's the plan? My plan is what? You've got to name your plan. Joshua said like this, you make your mind up if you want to, but as for me and my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. Our plan is set. No matter what we feel like, it's going to be this way. I have a plan, and I'm sticking to it. No matter how I feel, I'm going to be ready. No matter what, I'm going to get ready. How do we end this service, Holy Ghost? Let's lift our hands. Thank you, Father. Let's let the Lord talk to us for a moment. I I have felt such a burden for our church.
Thank you, Lord. I like to have a good time. I, I like to joke around, but I have felt such a burden for people this, this weekend. I feel such a strong burden. I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to shake some people. I don't know how much loss they've got to feel. But God, whatever it takes, I want these people to live right. I want the people of this great church, God, I want them to shake up and, and get right today. I believe in someone today is going to make some changes in their life and say, I am going to make my mind up. I'm going to do this thing. I have a plan, and I'm going to stick to it no matter what it feels like, no matter what happens, no matter what the cost is, I'm going to do what's right. I'm hoping today, right now, someone's going to make that commitment Hey, you don't have to feel anything right now. You just make your mind up, I want to be saved. Well, I want to feel it. You don't have to feel it. Do you want to be right with God or not? It's that simple. Do you want it or not? Well, i got to feel something. No, you don't. You've got to want something. If you want it, then you'll go get it, regardless of how you feel right now. i got, I got a word for you, some of you young folks today, you younger people under the age of 25. Do you want to be saved? You want to go to heaven? I mean, you understand, you understand young people die. You understand the world we're living in? You don't have forever. It's not a game. It's not a joke. You should be worshiping God and seeking God with all your heart because you're a human. Because you can die. Look, if you can get sick, if you can bleed, if you can get cut, you can die. You're fragile. Some of the day that you don't go to church a whole lot, you're kind of new here. Do you want to go to heaven? Forget about what you feel. I don't feel like praying. No, do you want to be saved? That'll make, you, that'll make you feel like praying right there. Your plan makes you feel a way. My plan is to go to heaven, so I feel like praying. Well, I don't feel like getting wet today, but I want to go to heaven, so let's get baptized. I don't feel like I need the Holy Ghost, but the Bible says that I do. So I want the Holy Ghost. It's my plan today. Whatever your plan is, that's what you're about to do at this service at the end. It's just one piece of your plan, but it's part of it. Just hang on a minute. Y'all can play. Sham, thank you. The Lord spoke to me this week and said, there's got to be some non-negotiables for the last day church. Number one, tell my people, if they can't be at church consistently, they've already missed everything. And if you're here consistently, great, I'm not talking to you. But we have got to be together in a divided world. We've got to prioritize it. You've got to have a right spirit inside of you. You have to. No matter what brings that bad spirit out, figure it out, let it die. You've got to have a right spirit. You cannot keep operating in crazy anger and rage. You cannot keep operating in the flesh. There are non-negotiables to being saved. You must be holy to be saved. Go look it up and figure out what that word means, but I'm telling you, it is clear you must be holy. Can't negotiate that. Young or old, you will not be saved if you don't make yourself ready like a bride getting ready for the groom. It's not a game, it's for real. 
the wedding day's coming. You've got to be ready. Let's all stand today. Let's pr- let's pray for a moment. Let's ask God to help us. Thank you, Lord. Only the Lord can save you. I can't save you. Only the Lord can save you. I'm so thankful for Vernon. You're a wise man, Vernon. Got baptized in Jesus' name. Smart man. Smart man. It's wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I hope that today somebody's going to pick the right path. Sure is sad to watch them walk out of church and never make a change. Lord, I hope today that that I've done what you've asked me to do and I've given them the truth today. We're going to stand up and we're going to preach the truth. People are going to pick their destinies. It's going to be a blessed life or it's going to be a cursed life. And it's that simple. And God, I'm hoping that right now somebody says, I'm not going to hell. I'm not going to be lost. I'm not doing it. I I don't care how I feel. That's the way I feel right now. I'm not going to be lost. I'm going to seek God every day. I'm going to walk with Him. I'm not going to be a sinner. He's paid the price. Why be a sinner? Lord, I don't don't know what I can do. I I really can't do anything. But I just ask you right now, would you prick somebody's heart today and take away their fear of what people think about them? the Lord is going to touch somebody right now. He's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, you better run down to the front of that church right now, and you better get right and never look back. Like Lot's wife, don't look back. Don't turn into a pillar of salt and die. But I believe God's talking to people right now, and you don't have to look around or even think about anybody else. This is not about what you feel. This is about what you want. I want righteousness. I want peace for my family. I want change and hope. Come on, we'll pray. We'll close our eyes and pray. Don't worry about anybody else around you. The bride has got to make herself ready. Lord, I thank you for reaching today for souls and lives. I thank you, Father, for your hand of grace and mercy. Come on, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. It's going to be worth it, though. Paycheck's coming. The reward is coming. You've got to be patient. Do not get weary in well-doing, but be patient. Invest your life to Jesus. Oh, it's beautiful to see people say, I want God. I want to get ready. Shake me up, God. Shake me up. I believe you're making a commitment right now. I really do. I believe you're saying, you know what? This is real. This is serious. I need you, Jesus. I'm getting ready, Lord. I'm getting ready, Lord. Anybody ready to work for this? 